welcome again. My name is Russ. We are so glad you're here with us today. Um, if you need a Bible, you can raise your hand. Uh, Kevin back here will give you one, just English or Spanish. We're going to be in Mark 4 today. So if you do have a Bible or want a Bible, I would like to invite you to turn to Mark chapter 4. If you want one of our Bibles, they're free for you to use here or they're free for you to take home with you, keep. I'd love for you to have it. We would love for this to be our gift to you um, as we're in Mark 4 this morning. Let's pray together. Um, God, we uh, want to thank you for these truths that we sing, that um, all of these things are true about you. And because they're true about you, they're true about us. And so, uh, may this time be a time where we reflect on what you have done for the world, and, and that truth changes us. And sets us free and changes the world around us. Um, God, we pray to be more in tune with your spirit. We pray that your spirit would move through us in this time as we open up the scriptures and finish talking about the story this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, because of the storms that we've had the last few months in our area... I live downtown in Tupelo, and lots of trees have been knocked down by rain and winds and storms. And because a lot of trees have been knocked down, there have been lots of crews of workers who have cut these trees and other limbs uh, to pieces in order to clean them up, or in order to make sure that they don't do any more damage. And if you've ever seen someone who knows how to cut a tree like that, it is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen because they have lifts and machines, they have helmets and ropes and saws and big giant trucks, and you'll see a tree that's three times as big around as I am and It'll be between two houses that are about eight feet apart from each other, and they'll cut it to where it falls just right between those two houses. No damage to anything, just safely placed where it's supposed to go. Um, tree, people who work on trees like that, they impress me because they know that if they do everything exactly the right way, that a tree is going to land in an exact right position. But there are other things in life that we do everything that we're supposed to do, and it doesn't work out that way. Uh, if you're a farmer, if you know farmers, a lot of times they will get up early every morning and plant when they need to plant, and they will till the soil when they need to, and they will do all of the work that needs to be done with the hope that they will produce a harvest, that they will produce fruit, that they will produce vegetables, whatever it is they're growing, they, they do all the work that they're supposed to do, and if it rains too much and floods, it's not going to work out for them like they hope it will. Or, if it doesn't rain at all, and we have a drought, 
It doesn't work out for them like they thought it would. And they could be, fruitfulness for them is they don't know how it's going to turn out. They don't know the way it's going to go, even if they do everything in a specific way. And we've been talking through the story of, of, Jesus tells, of a farmer who plants seed, and there's different soils, and according to the soil and its willingness or its ability to absorb the seed and turn it into something different, that's, that's how fruitful it's going to be. But as we finish this morning, the story that we've been talking about for four weeks, we want to look briefly at what it means to be fruitful and how fruitfulness sometimes can be unexpected. And it can be, we can't predict what it's going to happen, what it's going to look like. We don't know what fruitfulness is going to look like. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So we're in Mark 4. We've read this story plenty of times, so I just want to read a few verses. Verses 10 through 12 is what we're going to read. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Now right after this, Jesus goes on to explain the story of the different soils. So we talked about, the first week we talked about the idea that the farmer is God. He's the one who plants the seed. And the seed itself is the, the word of God, the truth, the gospel, the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection. And we talked about our, last week, Daniel, our other pastor, talked about how willing we are to accept that. How, how much like the good soil, how, how are we like that? How can we be like that? And when everything works together, when, the, when we're the good soil who catches the seed that God plants, what does fruitfulness look like? And when Jesus is talking about parables, the, the disciples ask him, they say, what do these parables mean? What does this parable mean? This is one of the only instances in the New Testament where Jesus actually explains the parable, especially in as much detail as he does. But when he goes to explain the parable... He quotes this passage from the Old Testament where he talks about people's willingness to receive it. And uh, he says, sometimes I tell parables so that you can understand them. We we know that sometimes Jesus tells parables because it's just easier to understand. If you're explaining to me something that's difficult and it's about politics or like world events, it's probably best to compare it to something that happens in the sports world so because I'm a dummy and I need to be able to understand it better. And this is what Jesus does. He tells parable, parables sometimes so that we can understand. But Jesus says here that sometimes he, he tells parables because there are these secrets of the kingdom of God 
that you need to be willing to understand. And he quotes this passage from an Old Testament prophet. And in, in that prophet in Isaiah, God goes to Isaiah the prophet and says, I need somebody to tell my people how to live because they, they're out of line and I need somebody to help correct them. And Isaiah says he will do it. And God says these words that Jesus says here in 11 and 12 is that there will be people who understand it and there will be people who won't. There will be people who want to hear what you have to say. There will be people who want to receive the truth of God. And there are going to be people who won't. There are going to be some who believe it and some who deny it. But for those who are the good soil, for those who receive the seed and are willing to let God permeate their lives, work in their lives, for those who are willing to do that, they will receive forgiveness. They will experience the kingdom of God. We will be fruitful. That's what receiving the, the seed and, and all of these metaphors that Jesus uses about a farmer is, is the hope that we will be fruitful. We'll be willing to receive what God says and does so that we'll be fruitful in the world. So what does fruitfulness look like? One of the things we say in our church and in our family of churches is that we want to introduce people to Jesus so that they will grow up in the world to live and act like Jesus so that they can introduce more people to Jesus. That's why we exist. That's what we want to happen. And as we begin to live like Jesus, we will be fruitful because our lives will change. Fruitfulness looks like it just looks different from the world in which we live. Because when we live in a world that's filled with worry, we, we will experience peace. When we live in a world that's filled with anger, we will experience joy. When we live and operate in a world that's filled with hatred, we will experience love. When we are fruitful, we will be kind and generous and good. This is what fruitfulness looks like. And as we grow and as the seed continues to take root in our lives, we will change. And I, I think fruitfulness looks different for every person in this room. One of my favorite songwriters is this 90s Christian musician named Rich Mullins. Um, he's actually one of the only Christian artists that I listen to, and I actually still listen to him. He died in 97, um, but I still listen to him on a regular basis. And there's this story about Rich Mullins where uh, a friend of his went to him and asked him how much he made in, uh, in a typical quarter or a typical year. And he told his friend that he did not know. And he, he was a very popular songwriter that could have made a whole bunch of money. And his friend said, what do you mean you don't know? He said, well, every year I have my accountant look at the average salary of a person here in the U.S. And I take that and then I give everything else away. And when I think about fruitfulness, that, that's a fruitful thing. He gives his money away because he has 
it's, it's okay for him to collect the money that he earned because he wrote those songs. But for him, fruitfulness was giving it away so that other people might hear and receive the good news or, or be touched by the good news in the world. That's what fruitfulness is for him. A few weeks ago, I got a, a call from this camp in Hawaii that was asking me about um, somebody who had applied to, to be there, and they wanted me to write a recommendation letter and have an interview with them about this person. This person uh, grew up in a youth ministry that I used to lead, and now is two years out of college, and I was thinking about what I would write for this person, and there was a time in this person's life, even four years ago, his freshman, sophomore year of college, where if the, someone had asked me to write a recommendation letter, my recommendation would be stay away from this person as much as you can. Um, but now, four years later, I can talk for days and days, literally days and days, tell story after story about what God has done in this person's life and how different this person is and how it would be great if he went to go work at this camp that deals with kids who come from uh, rough backgrounds or have been products of uh, abuse or neglect and uh, to provide a safe place for them and a place for them to hear about the good news of Jesus, he would be a perfect candidate for that. That's fruitfulness. Sometimes I think about my own life and my own ambition and how I think it would be great if... Um, Soma grew to a point where we were starting other communities like Soma in other towns uh, in our state and even in our country. That would be amazing to do. And sometimes I think that's what fruitfulness would be for me or for us. And then other times I think about how uh, much I enjoy standing in front of groups of people and teaching and uncovering truths in Scripture and how... At times, I get to stand in front of really large groups of people to do that. And so sometimes I think, well, that's fruitfulness for me. But fruitfulness for me, a lot of times, is how do I speak to my family when I come home from a long day at work? Um, fruitfulness for me, a lot of times, is how do I spend and give my money that God has so graciously given me? Fruitfulness is the way I treat somebody when they cut me off in traffic. Fruitfulness is the way uh, I help people or, or let people uh, go in front of me when I'm in the grocery store. Fruitfulness looks a bunch of different ways, but if we're increasing in these qualities, these love and joy and goodness and patience in a world that seems to have less and less of those qualities, that's what fruitfulness is for us is that as we continue to grow rooted, as we talked about last week, as we continue to grow rooted in the truths of Jesus and in the truths of Scripture, and as we grow, that we will become fruitful. This is what fruitfulness looks like. But again, it looks different for every person in this room. And we can't predict how it's going to turn out for us. Because the truth is, we are going to experience some heartbreak 
as we follow Jesus. And we're going to experience some struggle as we follow Jesus. And we're going to probably encounter some resistance as we follow Jesus. But as we become fruitful, as we become more faithful, then we'll be fruitful in ways that we never could imagine. And Jesus talks about this just briefly. I, I love what he says in verse 20 at the end of this story. Um, he says, And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. So if we are a good soil people who receive the good news of Jesus and start to become fruitful because we're, we're faithful and God is faithful to us, then Jesus doesn't say, for every person who is faithful, you reap a harvest of 7.5 times the amount that was planted. For every single person. And it looks exactly the same. It's the same fruit. It's the same amount. No, he just says 30, 60, 100 times what was planted. And I love that idea that, again, it could be 30, it could be 60, it could be 100 times what is planted. It looks different for every single person that's faithful. Fruitfulness looks different for all of us. And the question we have to ask ourselves, maybe, is how am I being fruitful? What does faithfulness to God look like for me, and how does that produce fruit in my life? Because we all go to different jobs and we all have different things going on in our lives and we all have different things going on in our relationships and our family and our friendships. So what does fruitfulness look like for you? Because a lot of times we have grand dreams of maybe reaching thousands of people and, and maybe that, that's what you need to do. But if we're faithful in the small things, then God will be will produce fruit in us in, in every area of our life. A couple years ago, uh, one of my close friends, his, his dad passed away. And it was, his dad was older, but it was unexpected. Um, wasn't feeling sick, didn't go to the doctor, didn't spend a long time in the hospital. So it was a tragic situation. And a bunch of us went to the funeral and it's in the small town of about 12,000 people in north central Mississippi. And we, we go into this church where the funeral is. And the church probably seats seven or 800 people. And it's packed. I mean, just full. There's not a place to sit. And there's people standing up in the back. And, again, a room full of 700 people just coming to celebrate the life of a man who had influenced them in some way or another. And my friend, when people were coming up, and obviously during the visitation, he was talking to a lot of people, but he said, there were a lot of people my dad's age. His dad was about 80 years old. There were a lot of people my dad's age, and they were all telling me how much their dad, his dad had influenced them. Um, they'd been in Sunday school classes with him, or um, he'd served in different ministries in the church, and they'd served with him. And they just were so thankful for his influence on their life. But he said he also had people in their late 20s and early 30s who were coming up to him and saying, 
your dad years ago coached me in Little League, and he taught me more about like being a man and being faithful and uh, just doing the best you can. Like Your dad taught me real lessons throughout my life. And I'm thinking about, other than a stretch in the military and a couple of vacations, a guy who really had never left this town of 12,000 people and had this impact where a room, a large room of people could celebrate his life and that there will be generations of people who will pass on the good news of Jesus because of what this man did and the influence that he had You don't have to travel around the world and speak to groups of thousands of people in order for you to be faithful and fruitful to what God has called you to do. It's not always this big, grand thing. It's just being faithful in the little things. And if we're faithful in the little things, then God will be fruitful through us. And we've we've talked about this passage and this story over and over, but the, the bottom line is, let us be faithful people, good soil people, who continue to rely on the truth that God made room for us when we couldn't make room for ourselves, that God forgave us when we were at our most unforgivable, that God loved us when we were at our most unlovable. And if we continue to go back to that truth, keep drawing up from the well of God's goodness, then we will be agents of God's goodness in the world, and we will be fruitful. And we will be fruitful to our families, even though that's difficult at times, and we will be fruitful in our jobs, even though sometimes we don't love them, and we will be fruitful uh, wherever we go because of what Christ is doing in our lives. That for all of us, there's a time when if someone had to write a recommendation letter for us, the recommendation would be to stay away from us. But because of what Christ has done in our lives, We're just different. We're different. For some people, faithfulness and fruitfulness is giving away most of their income. For some people, fruitfulness is spiritual growth that changes my life over a four-year period. For some of us, fruitfulness is being faithful in the small things so that my uh, relationships around me can be healthy. Some of it is staying in the same town, in the same place, and just continuing to impact people over and over because of what Christ has done. That's what fruitfulness and faithfulness looks like for us. So let us be good soil people. Let us be people who trust Christ to do the work in us, and if we do, he will be fruitful. Let's pray together. God, we come to you uh, wanting to know more about you in our heads, uh, but, but, and we want to know more about the scriptures, and we want to take di- deep dives into these stories and these parables that you tell, God, but if they don't change our lives, then there is no point. 
So we pray that your, your spirit would get to some of the dirty and ugly parts in our hearts and in our lives. And that, that you would clean us out, God. Help us to be faithful, good soil people who produce uh, a harvest, who are fruitful for years and years to come. And even as we sit across the room from each other and we see people produce fruit in different areas of their life, we pray that we wouldn't compare our own fruitfulness to other people. We pray we wouldn't compare our harvest to the harvest of other people, but that we would just continue to look for the ways that you're showing up and changing our lives and our world. God, we love you and thank you for all that you have done. We pray that you would continue to move and shape us, not just on Sunday mornings, but as we leave and go through our everyday lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.